Welcome back to episode two. It's such a weird thing to say, episode two. Number two. Yeah, for Nostalgic Rewind. I'm Callie. And I'm Fitz. And it's an exciting time to actually have a podcast. Feels weird. It does, it does. I'm enjoying it so far. And you can hear our uh, lovely animals in the background. Oh. We have... uh, We have three dogs and a cat, and uh, they decide right in the middle of these to run around in circles. We have to bring them in, because if not, then uh, if a leaf moves outside, the puppy decides that it is an evil leaf, and it must be stopped from intruding the house. Or if it's a deer, that it needs a cultural exchange, and it needs to go make its own formal greetings. So these are our fur babies. Hey! (laughs) All right, should we get into it? Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Fish boy time. The movie we're going to be doing is the 13th year from 1999, a DCOM that was very early in the days. I think they really should have named it Fish Boy Time. Or like Weird Puberty. Weird Puberty. That's a good one. That would be quite a time. That'd That'd be quite the title. So... This movie starts off with a mermaid, and she's being chased by a fisherman named Big John. So there's no... We never know what her name is. We know her as Mom. Mom. Yeah, we know it as Mom. That's it. Mom with tail. Mom with tail. And like... (laughs) You can tell she's panicking because she has her newborn, which, why does the newborn have legs? We don't know. We don't know. That's one of the things that throws me off. Is that the way it works with mermaids? Was Ariel born with legs and then all of a sudden got her fin? How does this work? Well, in this one, it's like, if they have legs, do they just abandon their kids on an island? Like, Hunger Games style, whoever makes it is the true mermaid or merman? Well, one step further, like Lord of the Flies. (laughs) All right, so during the chase, Big John doesn't at first realize that she's a mermaid. He just thought she was a big fish, and then he sees her as a mermaid, and he's like, score. You don't really know what he's going to do with it. Then he crashes the ship, right? Yes. The boat. But while he's, like, panicking and trying to get her, she drops her kid off in a little basket on a boat Mm -hmm. just for safekeeping. I think she was trying to come back, but... That did not happen. The couple on there, they end up hearing baby crying and they're like, there's a baby on our boat. And so they're like, we're going to adopt this baby. His name is Cody. And I'm really confused what the laws around maritime adoption is. That is the part that kind of confused me as well. Can you just say that you found a baby out at sea? Oh, I found this baby. Now we get one. I definitely didn't find this baby at a grocery store with the mother down the other aisle. <sighs> the movie then goes on and it's 13 years later, which... And it ends up, what? what is it, like one or two days before his 13th birthday? Yeah, so it's like 13-ish years later. Right. So we end up a couple of days before then. And, of course, he's grown. He's a typical... Um, 12, 13-year-old at the time. Almost 13-year-old. Almost 13-year-old at the time. And in this, you know, one of the first episodes, that, first scenes that you see of him is he is a swimmer. Well, first, he's just tying up a, the boat that their his parents have because his parents actually own a tour boat company. That's right. And that's what boat. had put them in the water originally. And he goes down because his dad's struggling to get the boat running. And it ends up not working, but they kind of make it a joke. And he's late for a swim meet. 
So in Disney fashion, he jumps in the water and swims past the fairy because swimming exhaustion doesn't exist. It's almost like those Hollywood guns that never run out of bullets. You never get tired. Yeah. And so he makes it last minute to a swim meet. And then they start and everyone's laughing at him because he hadn't taken off his clothes yet. And so he decides, screw it. I'm going to swim in my underwear, which I'm pretty sure there are rules against that. But he does anyways. I'm not going to try to judge it on rules because I'm not entirely sure about swim rules. And then he had his boots on. Yeah, so he took those off too. And so he's racing and his teammate Sean is also in the same leg of that race or whatever. Right. So this is a neat story in the fact that his biggest competition happens to be the person, a person on his team. Another boy on his team is actually his biggest competition. So... Well, and during this one... Cody loses to Sean. Yes. He gets second place and Sean's like, uh, always going to be second best. But due to Sean winning, they're going to make it to the state final. And after that, they decide, oh, we're going to have a little meeting and just, you know, chat. And while they're doing all that, a kid is walking in who you would later come to find his name is Jess. He ends up falling into the water and he can't swim. And everyone's kind of laughing at him. Cody's like... I gotta go save him. So he jumps in and goes and saves him. And it's like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's, Cody was being really rude to him. Like pretty much like, maybe don't fall in the pool. And then they, he, Cody leaves his tuba at the bottom of the water. Yes. And Jess is like, I can't swim. How am I going to get that? Also, what damage is caused to that tuba now? Because I don't know what chlorine does to that. I like the part when they're walking away, he's walking away from it. And Jess is looking down at the tuba, and all of a sudden the air comes out. (laughs) It was perfect timing. And then after that, they walk outside, and Sean's talking to Sam, and he's like, oh, you want to ride in my dad's car? And Sam's like, no. And once Sean leaves, her and Cody end up holding hands, and she's like, I want to walk home with you. And... He's like, oh, me too. And then his parents roll up and they're like, we'll take Sam with us. And they're like, okay, that's fine. And then at that moment, you realize that Sam is the love interest in the movie. Yes. Um, so, <coughs> Big John from the beginning. Yes. He makes a little appearance again. And he is now searching for the mermaid 13 years later. Yeah. And all of the fishermen think that he is insane. Oh, they give him one joke after another and razz on him, almost to the point where it's very much, instead of razzing, it becomes very much bullying the dad, bullying Big John. And then the guy that fell into the, the kid that fell in the pool, he ends up showing up and he's like, oh, hey, dad. So you find out Big John is his dad. It's Jess's dad. Yeah. But how he acts, Big John does not care about Jess. No, he's like, he's, this mermaid is more important. He's so focused on the mermaid and the fact of, at this point, you're like, he's just trying to cover up his reputation. Of course, you find out a little bit later, there's slightly more to it. But at this point, it's he's trying to cover his reputation. He wants people to believe him. And no one around there believes him. And then we go to another scene and you find out Cody's really popular. Right. Um you finally actually find out that he is dating Sam. It In the beginning, it's a little unsure, but they are dating. And then you see Cody's doing horrible at school, especially biology. And they're like, we're going to ma- do these projects. We're not going to really tell you what the project is, but we're going to do a project. And Cody is en- 
is paired with Jess to do this marine biology project. However, they, like, as I said, they don't explain what they're supposed to do. They're just like, here's your partner. It's most of your grade. And then Jess is like, I'm gonna go talk to Cody and, like, pretty much try to figure things out. And Cody is just drinking from this water fountain nonstop. And Jess is like, that's a little weird, but, like, I'm gonna keep talking because, like, I don't get to talk to this kid and he's my partner. I don't want to have to do the whole project, but I will. So he's drinking water like a fish. Yes, pretty much. So then it goes to the next day. And, oh, during the water fountain, Cody did say to Jess, like, hey, I'm having a birthday party. You're invited to come if you want. Like, you can. And so the next day, it's Cody's birthday. So I'm assuming it's the weekend. A little unsure how the timeline is. Like, they don't... It seems like it's very expansive, yet very quick. And during the party, his parents are throwing, like, a big thing with a lot of kids. And Cody's like, I gotta go get a drink. And his parents are, like, your typical... They're, like, the overzealous parents. They're yes. They're very much one, want to be involved in every little aspect. Dad's a little bit more laid back. Mom is a helicopter mom. Okay. Yes. She is all over the place. She wants to make sure Cody's okay all the time at any given moment. Like he was two or three years old, not 13. I mean, they got to make sure someone else doesn't adopt their child when they're not looking. You have a point. And so Sam actually runs off after him because she's like, I'm going to give him his present in private. Her present, it's a picture of her. I personally have never had a time where someone has given their picture of themselves to me. Was Is there a time in your life when that was a gift? That'd be a little awkward. Like, a little conceited. That'd be a really conceited Like, event. I get they were dating, but like, right. it's just a little weird. I've, I know that there's people who would hand out like their yearbook pictures, but like a framed picture of yourself. I don't think in 99... They may have had phones where they could do selfies. Selfies wasn't as popular as it is now. You just take a picture with your phone. <laughs> then you had to turn a Polaroid around and try to take a picture together. That was a selfie. Well, in this, though, she has another gift she's going to give him. And she kisses him. And then there's static electricity. And he's like, this is weird. Kissing is weird. And that's the first part. You don't know it at the time. You kind of do, but not really. That's the first part where things start to change for Cody. Yeah, and like she's smiling, she's smiling, leaves, and she's all happy. He's like, "This is something's wrong." And that's when the fish puberty starts. <laughs> and so Jess actually does show up to Cody's party, and Cody's like, "Oh shoot!" And Sean's just being a complete jerk to Jess, which is so uncalled for because Jess is just—he seems like such a sweet little kid that I'm like, "I just wanna, wanna hug ya." He is. He's that adorable dork. Yeah, and so Jess, Jess realizes that and leaves, and Cody's mom find, like, finds Jess before he leaves, and is like, why are you leaving? And he's like, ah, I'm just going to leave. And so he's like, can you give this present to Cody? And she's like, I will. And so they end up giving it to him while he's in bed. It The present actually turns out to be the book 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and he immediately starts reading, which is the first time you see him open a book. And honestly, this character does not read a lot. No. No, he plays more of the struggling in school jock. And so while Cody's asleep, his mom actually makes an appearance out in the water. And um, he dreams of the water and he does not know his mom. So he's kind of just like, oh, look, water. It's so pretty. And then he wakes up and electrocutes his clock. Yes. Like any normal teenager. (laughs) 
And then he gets up. He's like, I'm going to go drink from the carton of milk again, like a normal teenager. And then the carton of milk is stuck to his hand. Like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man, trying to get it off. We're having a Tom Holland moment. (laughs) Always bringing up Tom Holland. Oh, I will. Always. And then Jess notices that Cody has uh, scales on the back of his hands when they're working on their project. And Cody's like, oh my god, something's wrong. And so he actually goes through a lot of like different things. Like his hand gets stuck to the wall. And he's like, what do I do? And he ends up on the ceiling. And Cody, uh, Jess is the only person at this moment that Cody is trusting to help the Help him with this. Yes. Jess is super smart, so he starts researching things and looking into it and trying to figure it out. At first, they think it's some type of fish thing. Yeah, well, because he starts running tests like, stick to the wall. And Cody's like, are you serious? Like, why are you doing this? Like, throwing water at him and all sorts of stuff. And after a while, Jess goes to his dad's books and he's like, you're a merman. And Cody's like, I guess. And he has, Jess has this entire conversation with his dad because Big John actually catches him looking through all of his mermaid stuff. And it clicks with Jess that Cody is a merman. But he doesn't tell his dad at all. He keeps it a flat out secret. And then he runs off. Yeah. And when Cody gets stuck to the ceiling, he calls his parents and he's like, I'm terrified I'm stuck to the ceiling. So his parents come in, they're like, why is our kid on the ceiling? Upside down. Like, he is just, he's clinging by the fingernails. Or by the... (laughs) By the fingernails. To them, the fingernails. They're really confused. So they call their doctor, and the doctor's like, puberty, it's weird. And so they're like, you need to not go in the water. Because something's wrong here. We don't want to make something worse. And they made that correlation that... The water is what's causing it. They didn't make that correlation. And they're like, you're not going to the swim meet. And he gets so upset that either later that day or the next day, he goes swimming in the ocean because he's told to stay out of the water. So like most kids, yeah, he goes in the water and he develops fins <laughs> on his arms. And he's like, oh my God, I am dying. And... They disappear so when the he gets out of the water. Day, his parents have told him that you cannot go to the swim meet. So he kind of fakes sick. He's laying in bed. His parents are keeping a watchful eye. You know, he knows he's not supposed to leave. Parents leaves. He runs out and escapes. Yeah. And yeah, so he gets to the swim meet and he gets in. He's like, I'm going to swim. He breaks a school record because his arm fins are just, they're going. Sean sees that he has a fin on his arm. And so he's like, this guy cheated. What am I supposed to do? So Cody's panicking and he causes a power surge and it breaks the power, the scoreboard and everything. It shoots off like the 4th of July. So Cody is still running off. Sean's chasing him. So Cody's like, I'm going to stick to the ceiling. I'm going to do what I do best. And so he sticks on the ceiling. Sean can't find him. So he kind of just runs off. His parents finally show up, so they take him to go home, and because they had realized he ran off eventually, and his scales are taking longer to go away, and he's full on panicking because he's like, I'm gonna be forever fish boy. So they're using a hairdryer and they're using towels to kind of dry him off, and it's just not going away. Yeah, and so they get home and Jess shows up to his house really excited because people are talking about it. And he's like, what's going on? Like, you broke a school record and then dipped. 
And then Sam shows up and she's like, Cody, are you okay? What happened? And he's like, Jess, I'm a merman. And she does what most people do and faints. Yeah. Just smacks the floor. And so don't really know what happens after that, but I think she just leaves. Well, actually, sorry, I take that back. She saw his scales and faints. Yes. And then when she woke up, he was like, I'm a merman. And then she's like, adios, not dealing with this. And so that night he actually goes for a swim and he meets his mother. However, ben, Big John comes back at, at again and breaks up the reunion because he's like, there's two of them. I need to get them. And they swim off. But the pretty much later, the not later the day because it's now daytime. So the next day, Sam meets Cody at the beach and they kiss and he's like, that's great. And so they step into the water and he starts freaking out because now he has a tail. And what is he supposed to do now? Like he ha- he can't like just run off now. So Sam runs and gets his parents. But during that time, Big John finds him and kidnaps him. Yeah, because he's like, I'm gonna get this stupid mermaid. He wants people to stop joking, like making jokes about him. And Jess realizes very quick that his dad did it because he could see the boat off in the distance. So, um. So at this time, Jess is on the boat with Big John. They're going and you can see mom mermaid. Mom mermaid. Um, swimming behind the boat. Well, uh, you forgot the part though where John makes, tells this whole plan. Cause he's like, I captured you to get the mermaid. And Cody is drying out because right. he's supposed to be in the water and just shows up on the, the boat and is yes. like, don't do that. That would be dumb. And then the mermaid does actually come up and she gets very, very close to the point where jo- Big John throws a net on her. Mm-hmm. But she's like tangled up and Jess thinks it's so bad that he gets a knife and he jumps in the water. Homeboy can't even swim, but he is going. And so he ends up freeing the mermaid, but he gets stuck in the net and the mermaid's panicked. And she's like, I don't know this kid. My son's up there. I'll wait. And so Cody's like, I need to go save him. So he jumps in and then brings him back on board and tries to give Jess CPR, and so does Sam. Sam even tries to. And so Cody decides, okay, I'm going to use my electricity for good. And zaps him, and then he wakes up. Electroshock therapy. And then he gets back. they get back to the shore. They're all on the pier. And Cody's like, I'm going to leave with my mom. And his adoptive mom's really sad, so is his dad. And then you find out that the mermaid, from the beginning... It, is an empath and can talk to people through her mind. So she tells mom, mind to mind, that everything will be okay and she will have him back by the beginning of the school year. When does she know when the school year is? Does she have a calendar under the water? I don't even know if they have a watch. Yeah, so I wasn't really sure. And also, if she could talk through the mind, why didn't she do it in the beginning? And say, hey, watch for my son. In 13 years, you're going to have a hard time. So the first time we get any type of communication with her is at the very end of the movie. Yeah, and so they promise to come back before summer. Jess is like, hey, tell me and my dad about sea life. And he's like, will do. And then Sam's like, don't you dare fall for any mermaids. And it's like, okay, Sam, go (laughs) go to the corner. And then they say goodbye, and he swims off with his mom. He does a little jump 
and they're gone. That is the end of the movie. There was I I enjoyed this one, but the special effects and stuff like that were just seemed like they were kind of thrown together and I don't even know if there was CGI in this. If there was, it was not that great. Um, maybe the little sparkles in the water and stuff like that, them swimming together underneath the water, maybe some of that. Um, but the uh, the time you're all waiting for, what's the rating? I would give it a three out of five brain cells. And if you're new, we use brain cells here. One means that one brain cell was active the other took a nap because I had to be real stupid for this one. Five brain cells means they were all activated and I was all in. And there's mo- moments in this. The reason it got a three is there's moments in it where it's very much a lull. Yeah. And there's dead spots in it where you're like, okay, what's happening next? What's happening next? And there's some boring spots in and- it. But I think overall, you know, the storyline isn't bad. I think there could have been some tweaks to it. Don't get me wrong, I used to love this movie. Like, this was right. one of my favorites, and I still look back at it very fondly. <coughs> it's just, there's parts that you look at, and you're just like, okay, move forward. And this is the difference of, you know, we looked at it when we were kids. Now, as adults, we're looking back at it, and it's like, eh, it almost takes some of it away from it. Now, would you like me to tell you some fun facts? Fun facts! So, the girl that is in the line at the fountain, it, from the second time that he's drinking water a lot, is actually Kristen Stewart. Oh, wow. Because her mom was the script supervisor. And another one, the production cost totaled about, was supposed to total about $5 million. But it was said, they don't really say how much, but it was said to go over budget. And then uh, Chez Starbuck, who is the actor of the main character, Cody, this was actually his first movie. And he stated in an interview that they hired an acting coach for him and that that person would show up daily to go over its lines. Wow. Which is dedication. That is dedication. Now for my favorite part. Where are they now? All right. Are you ready? I know that you don't don't know any of this information. No, you actually did uh, a lot of this research yourself um, on finding out where they are now. So I'm definitely interested. I'm hearing this for the first time as well. So, Chess Starbuck, who plays Cody Griffin, he kicked off his career with 13th Year, as I said. He seemed to only act around 1999 to 2003. His last credit is from 2016 as Alec in a short titled The Long and the Short, but that is like just a random credit. Everything else is from 1999 to 2003, but he actually ended up leaving the business to explore other ventures. Today, he is the owner of Shelf King, where they help clients gain easy access and better use of their storage space. Wow. And it is a family business. Okay. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, Justin... John Ross, who plays Jess Wheatley, our favorite little nerd. Our favorite little nerd. Justin left the industry a couple years later and is practically a ghost online. His last credit is from 2003 as Phil in Recess taking the fifth grade. Okay. So he really didn't do much after this. The third person I'm going to talk about is Courtney Draper, and she plays Sam. No last name. Everyone else has a last name. 
She is just Sam. So Courtney would go on to star in her own DCOM and continue to act. And I actually know that DCOM. It is um, my my stepsister from Planet Weird. And I've mentioned that on multiple times to you. Up until 2009, she was predominantly focusing on film with some voice acting, but made a shift towards video games entirely at that at one point. She has played Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite, Sarah Whitaker in, I didn't even write that one down, and much more. In 2013, she was nominated for Best Voice Actress in Bioshock Infinite. In 2014, she won the Best Support P- for Performance for the same game and was nominated for Best Female Lead. During that year, she also won break- Best Breakthrough Voice Actress of the Year. All right, so she's had somewhat of a career since she yes. left there. She tends to do mostly voice acting, acting and do what you got to do. If you love it, have at it. Have at it. So next one is Brent Briscoe, who played Big John Wheatley. Brent continued to act after the project and found a lot of success. His last credit was as Matthew Langdon in Brooklyn Nine-Line. Sadly, though, in October, he suffered from a fall that led to complications. So sadly, he passed away on October 18th, 2017. At the age of 56. Wow. That's young. Yeah. And it seems like though he had a very successful career and he was in like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a very big thing. The next one is Tim Redwine, who played Sean Marshall, who isn't really in a lot of the movie, but he did play a big role. So I thought I would at least put him in here. And so Tim went on to appear in CSI, Cover Me, and Family Secrets in twenty in 2001, but he left the industry right after and has led a quiet life in California and focuses on his faith as a Christian. Now, the next one is probably the one that has had the most success. Oh, I was going to save that one for the end. So. Okay, so we're going to skip that one and we're going to go to the next one. Yes. The All next right. one I'm going to talk about is Lisa Stahl, who plays Sharon Griffin, which is the mom to Cody. Lisa went on to act until 20, 2002, where she would be credited for Missy Anderson on the television series torture tv she currently runs a photography studio called sullivan studios for the stars and is exclusive the exclusive photographer for american idol oh wow i mean that's success by itself yeah and like she does photography for just stars like right she's not just your normal run-of-the-mill photographer no that's amazing so the final one that most people will know is dave dave coulier who played whit griffin who is the father to cody Dave is the biggest name on this list by far, and he's best known for his role as as Joey in Full House. Absolutely. And we all know that show. It was on air for many, many years. Yeah, and then came back. And then came back again. And he reprised his role then, too. He continued to act and do stand-up, and he's done a lot. His most recent credit is from 2022 as Tommy Murphy on Live and Local Peer Fix. As, his, as for his personal life... He went on to date Melissa Bring in 2005 and married her in 2014. He is a big supporter of AOPA, the foundation that promotes safe flying, because he actually flies planes. Wow. That is something I did not know about him. Um, he also participates frequently in a charity event in charity events that are with the Detroit Red Wings. Wow. Now, so overall... Decent movie. Yes. Not our favorite so far. but I, It's my favorite in the sense of it is very nostalgic. Right. But in the overarching, it's like looking back, I'm like, there's better movies. Right. But mermaid movies always just hold a place in my heart. Like Splash, Aquamarine. Marine. 
I feel like those are going to make a comeback here somewhere. You got to mention Ariel. Ariel's in there. Little oh, yeah. Mermaid. Well, thank you all very much for taking the time to listen. And we will have something new for you next week. And we hope that you enjoyed this one. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, we'll probably have contact information out there somewhere. So we'll see you soon. And if you have any recommendations, you can email us. It is just our email is nostalgicrewindpodcast at gmail.com. If you have requests, just shoot a little email over there. We'll look at it and hopefully we can do it. If it's a movie that's so obscure that we can't find, we might ask you if that even exists. But thank you for listening, and we hope to be there next time.